You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have a great guest with me here today. Her name is Tally, Tally Goody of Goody Law Group out of California, if I'm not mistaken. But you're licensed in two states, right? Wyoming and California. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I am licensed in both California and Wyoming, and we're actually looking into expanding into Montana and Minnesota. Interesting. What's the Northwest connection? Because California is such a huge market, yet here you are licensed in Wyoming, which is, I think, (laughs) one of the least populated states in the nation. It is. And I actually, I don't know exactly how many attorneys there are, but I think there's about like 2000 attorneys total in Wyoming. So it's kind of crazy. But the connection actually stems from my husband, who's now my partner at the firm. Mm. He is born and raised in from, you know, in Wyoming. And we actually bought property out there. So we we know a lot of people out there. Um, We're now residents out there. We're not living there full time, but we're residents. So we thought that would be a great next state to to kind of move into. Got it. And what was your home place in California? Uh, I live, uh, we're in Palos Verdes. Got it. In so the, you have like, yeah. like 2,000 lawyers within 20 mile radius there and 2,000 <laughs> lawyers all across the state. Exactly. Of yes. Yeah. <laughs> so quite a stark difference. So here's why my team wanted to have you on this podcast. You operate a small personal injury and employment law firm and you're a content creator like there are very few content creators that operate that size of a law firm. Mm-hmm. Would you share your journey as far as content creation? And by the way, you're somewhat of a recent new parents, right? So you had a baby a little over yeah. a year ago. So you're a busy new mom and lawyer and you're doing so many different things. This whole journey with social media, which I think you're a huge advocate for social media for attorneys. Mm-hmm. Can you share your journey? Why you decided to get there, go there? Yeah. And yeah. what are the results that you're seeing after doing this now for a few years? Sure. So I, uh, you know, let's, let's go back four years. I was not doing personal injury. So about four years ago, I was working, um, in century city at another boutique firm doing art law. And, you know, I wasn't really feeling that line of work anymore. So I switched and I completely started my new practice area, personal injury and employment law, started my firm. And as you said, there are like 2000 attorneys in like a 20 mile radius. Right. So I had to figure out a way to be competitive. I had to figure out how to stand out. Uh, there's all these big names around me in Los Angeles that are personal injury lawyers, the billboard lawyers, everyone, you know? So I'm like, okay, this is me in 2020, 2019, trying to think of what can I do? I don't have enough money to pay for advertisement right now. I just started my firm. And so I had a friend who actually started her, her own marketing business recommend that I get on social media. She's like, Hey, it's like the new thing right now. Attorneys are getting on social media. I see TikTok being like the next big thing. This is before COVID. So TikTok hasn't really blown off yet. And so early January, 2020, I got on TikTok and that's when I started realizing this is great. I mean, TikTok has the potential for such a huge reach. I mean, you put an, you know, put a video out there, and millions of people can see in a matter of a day or two days, you know? So I started putting content out there. Uh, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I just tried a bunch of different things when I first started. So I was 
I was throwing out personal injury content. I was throwing out content for, you know, people who want to know what it takes to be a lawyer, um, you know, becoming a law firm owner. And then I just started learning to see what stuck, what people resonated with and what my style was. And from there, I continued, you know, posting on, on TikTok. And once Instagram started getting the reels tool, I started, you know, repurposing and posting them on Instagram. And now here we are. So, I mean, I've been doing it for about, you know, it's been, you know, since 20, 2020, about three years, mm-hmm. almost four years. Almost four years. Yeah. So how did you measure and what metrics did you use to measure the output, productive output of all of your efforts on social media? Uh, it was a trial and error. I, I didn't really, you know, I at that time, I, I didn't have a huge team. I mean, I still don't have a huge team. So I was doing everything on my own. Um, and it was more so... I just have to just start putting things out and I had to wait until almost six months. And that's when I got my first big case. So it took time. It wasn't like I just got on there and in a matter of a month, I was getting all this content or all these clients. It takes time. It takes time figuring out what can get a good reach, what works for me, what style works for me. And so you know, within the first year, I got a lot of potential clients. I got a lot of leads. Um, and then I signed up some some great cases that were of interest to me. When, when I looked at your content, and I didn't look at TikTok because there's so much, I looked at YouTube, I looked at Instagram, it looks like, and correct me if I'm wrong, over the years, you have started pivoting in the direction of creating more content for other attorneys. And I believe you speak at lawyer conferences yes. and, and lawyer slash medical conferences as well. So it mm-hmm. looks like more of that content is pivoted toward other attorneys Mm-hmm. more so than consumers. Can you explain the rationale behind that pivot? Well, you know, in that sense, for me, when I'm putting out content, it's not necessarily, a, I'm not putting things out just directly to consumers because that's like a direct advertisement. For me, I like to put out content that I know is going to help other people. So I put out things, I'm like, okay, I'm going to help other attorneys. And then in turn, that that translates to referrals. It translates to um brand, like building my brand out there, because then people are going to see me, whether they're attorneys or not, they're going to still see that I, you know, I'm putting myself out there. I am helping my fellow colleagues. Um, I'm going to conferences, all of these things, which I really enjoy doing. So it's just a bonus to get clients from them. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not a guarantee, but it's, it's more about um, building that brand and building your, um, your image and just exposure. That's what it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super interesting. Let's play a pretend game. Let's imagine that today you got funded. You got $3 million, $5 million, whatever it is. And you're like, hey, go buy another small law firm. You're mm-hmm. starting from scratch, right? Go mm-hmm. buy a law firm that you need to scale it quickly using social media. Mm-hmm. Okay. What do you do? Uh, first things first, I would hire a, a team that can help uh, like a, a creative team that can help create a content strategy for TikTok. I think TikTok is the number one uh, platform to get out there on right now. But in addition to TikTok, I would get on YouTube. And then from those two, I would repurpose onto Instagram. So I would make sure I get this creative team that can help, um, you know, create the content, create the lines, do the filming, do the editing and post consistently. And you don't even have to pay for advertisement. 
I would not pay, I wouldn't pay a penny on advertisement. All I would pay for is the creative team that can help um, pump out content that is going to make you uh, make your brand. So let's say it's going to be, I'm buying this personal injury firm. Let's put it out there. It's going to be a personal injury firm. Uh, so I want to make this, this one attorney from this firm, I want to make them the next person on TikTok that's sharing, you know, like all about trip and falls. Let's say they, they specialize in falls in Walmart, falls in Target, things like that. And so we're going to have this person make this their niche. And that's all we're going to do is post tips. We're going to post videos. We're going to post all of this stuff that consumers are going to want to know about. Because once you start growing traction, there's going to be more questions that build from your videos. People are going to want to know more. And that's just going to lead to more ideas. So I think the most important thing is to get this team behind you that can help. Because content creation, it's a full-time job. And if you're, you know, you can't put it on just one person, especially when I was doing it, I was starting my firm, building my firm, content creating, you know, I was doing all that on my own. So it is a lot. So I think in order to scale quickly, as you said, is the goal is having this creative team, this marketing slash creative team that will do all of that for you. And they are like top notch. They know exactly what they're doing. I would invest on, invest a lot of money in that before spending any money on advertisements. Cool. So let's pretend yeah. that I am that investor and now I have a bunch of questions for you about your plan. Sure. Okay. So first, how much content are we creating? TikTok, let's let's post at least one video a day. And wow. then YouTube seven days, seven days a week. And then YouTube five videos a year. At least let let's do it for six months. Let's okay. make it like a six months. Just see how it goes. Give it mm -hmm. give it some time, you know, because you want to TikTok is easy to grow on, but you also have to be consistent. So it's not just like you do it for a month and it's going to be miraculous, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and also for YouTube, like I said, YouTube is YouTube shorts and YouTube, just regular YouTube is also really taking off. I mean, it has been for a while, but I would um, repurpose all of my TikToks onto YouTube shorts, repurpose all of my TikToks onto Instagram reels. That's the next thing to do. And then I would spend you know, the, the rest of the time, maybe two long form content videos a week on YouTube. Let's do that. Let's make it a six month plan and see what happens. What's a long form for those who do not know? What's a long yeah. form? So that's a good question. So there are two di different types of videos. The ones you see on TikTok, those are short form. They could be ranging from like three seconds to a minute long. And they're just, you know, you can scroll, whatever. YouTube, those videos are a little bit longer. They could be like, an hour long, they could be five minutes long. It's more so it, it's just a longer form of the video, whatever you want to talk about. And it, it's called it, it's usually like in a, a landscape format versus like what you see on your phones. Um, so that would be long form. So what you and I are doing right now, this podcast episode, it's getting recorded on video, and it's probably going to be 30 minutes long. So this is that long form video that you're talking about. Perfect example. Yes. Got, got it. So so you're listening to this. Mm -hmm. Tali is giving you like really golden nuggets here. You have to have a video per day in the short form across three platforms and two long form videos per week. So we're talking about 365 short videos per year, a hundred, roughly hundred for long form videos per year. That's the content plan, right? In a nutshell, we're not talking about specific topics, but you said that what we want to do is we want to niche down and talk about something very specific like slip and falls, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm that investor who doesn't know very much about law, but I want to give you that $3 million. 
to really wrap things up at this law firm. Why niche down to slip and falls, which I assume most consumers will never experience in their lives? You know, the thing is, I, I picked that one because I, I see a lot of people doing car crash videos. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to stand out from other people mm-hmm. because what I see happen a lot are people come onto social media or TikTok and they want to copy what someone else is doing. And they, they try to be that person and it just doesn't work. And then they get lost. And so I don't know if slip and falls is necessarily the best example, because like you said, it doesn't. But I would say find something that is unique in personal injury that hasn't been done before. And I'm not, you know, because I, I, like I said, car crash videos, it's been done. There's, there are a lot of experts out there on TikTok, Instagram that they do that. That's all they post every single day. Um, Maybe you can do a spin on those videos and make it your own style. I'm not saying, you know, if you're a personal injury lawyer, don't do car crash videos. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying it could get easier to, to blend in with the rest of them, you know? So if there is something that you can find that makes you stand out, I would, I would pick that. And if that is you doing your own version of the car crash videos, great. But it's competitive now. When I got on TikTok, there were like 10 lawyers on there. Easy, you know, easy for me to stand out. Now there are like hundreds of lawyers on TikTok. I don't even know thousands. 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 Yeah, I'm not even like you can get lost so easily and it takes a lot more to stand out. So it's very interesting. So here I am looking to invest into your new law firm and I'm wondering, okay, so we're going to create, you're going to create roughly 470 videos in one year's time. Mm-hmm. And like, if you're going to talk about something that's very niche, it doesn't have to be slip and falls, but just, just let's keep running with that example. So we're going to okay. do, or you're going to do all of those videos. Mm-hmm. Why would consumers be interested in those videos unless they or someone in their immediate family actually had one of those instances? where they did fall into Walmart or Target or wherever they may have. And at that time, how would they find that content? Why would they be looking for that content on TikTok rather than looking for a lawyer on Google? Well, I think what happens is when people are scrolling TikTok, it's there for people who don't know, TikTok has a page called the For You page. It's called the FYP. This is the random page. So you're on this page. It's not people you're following. You're just going through and it's the algorithm is popping things up that it thinks your phone wants to see, your app wants to see, or you want to see. So you're scrolling through it. I think when people see a video that's really interesting, even if it's not really applicable to them at the moment, they can be like, hmm, this is cool. If I ever need a personal injury lawyer, I'm going to save this video and I'm going to follow this person because what they're, what information they're sharing is actually really helpful and it's educational and they're interesting, they're funny, they're, they have something that makes them stand out. And so whether or not they need you at the moment, they're gonna like it, they're gonna share it, and they're gonna save it. And I think another thing that would be helpful, and I didn't mention this, so I, like, if we're gonna have that team help create the content, what I see help being more helpful is not necessarily just doing the same type of video every single time, but being able to put yourself out there. If you're comfortable being the face of your firm as a person, you want to put yourself out there and have the people connect with you. I think I see a lot of successful people on TikTok and it's not that they're just posting about, you know, legal things, but they do share other things and people resonate with that. And so those people follow them for that reason as well. So they're, you know, if I'm going to start this, this firm, I really need to sit down and really think about what our plan is going to be because you can go either 
two day, two ways. I mean, there's more ways, but you could either just say, I'm just posting personal injury content and that's it. Or you could say, I want to be, yes, I'm a personal injury lawyer, but I want to share a little bit more about my life and how I think I can help other people outside of personal injury. So I think, you know, depending on this firm we're building, I got to see what the style is of the attorney or the attorneys and kind of kind of go from there in, in terms of the specific content we're going to film and post. Totally agree. I think one of the keys to success on social media, which is so hard to crack for vast majority of content creators, really, mm-hmm. is being interesting, which I think a lot of us can probably tackle that one. But it's not just about being interesting. It's about being interesting and entertaining at the same time. And being entertaining is a hell of a lot more difficult than being interesting because all experts or subject matter experts in whatever their respective fields are can Mm -hmm. talk about things that would be interesting, right? But being entertaining at the same time, that is the difficult part. It's true. Yeah. I mean, that's why you see a lot of people that blow up. They're just hilarious. They're funny. They have a good, um, you know, they have something that people want to watch because in reality, your video is going to get scrolled in two seconds if you don't capture someone's attention literally in two seconds the first two seconds if you say one thing that sounds boring someone's scrolling yeah you know and social media channels have the algorithm that if you're not keeping viewers on your videos your -hmm. videos are not going to show up their goal is to keep you on their tool on their app on their website as long as humanly possible yeah. So they're going to grant you a lot more eyeballs if people watch your content rather than they don't. And right. what Tali said about having a lot of content produced and posted on a regular basis is very important. A couple of years ago, YouTube published like unofficial information. They said that we're going to prioritize content creators that post at least four videos per week. So if you don't have at least four videos per week, you're SOL. You're not mm-hmm. going to show up very much in people's feeds. So you do need to, and you said that creating content is a full-time job. So I wonder, you as the future executive of this law firm, mm-hmm. when are you going to have the time to create all of those videos? How much of your time is going to be allocated to creating all this content? Well, I mean, if we have the, the creative team for the firm, mm-hmm. it's not really going to be, I, there's not going to be much that has to be done except the filming, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, if it's going to be me that's getting filmed, all I have to do is show up, film, and that's it. And that's, you know, that could be done in a, like once a week in a matter of a couple hours or even like once a month. If you have that team, they do the rest for you. They're going to cut up the videos. They're going to edit the videos. It's not going to be that much of a full-time job if you have a team behind you. Now, like I said, for me, I feel like I, I kind of like that I didn't have a team because I was able to find my own voice. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe if you hire a team, it's going to be ne- not necessarily your voice. If if they're giving you all these ideas because you don't know what to do, then it, it may not be you. Uh, that would be the only downside of, of that. But um, it's going to save time. So I think you have to think about what's more important. Is it me finding my voice, saving time, or maybe you find the right team that can, can cover all of that. They find the voice for you that matches you, and they get that covered, you know? So mm-hmm. I think it's there's a lot that goes into it. I think a lot of people would probably be scared off by the idea of truly how much time would have to be invested, even if you have a team. Mm-hmm. So I'm a content creator. I do not produce as much content as you, su- as you suggested. I think we do about 14, 15 short form videos 
mm-hmm. every month. Mm-hmm. And that takes, I want to say, about two hours or so. Okay. Because, because those one-minute-long videos, they still need to be thought through. Right. And I produce four podcast episodes per month. Mm-hmm. And I have to spend at least half hour preparing for each. Yeah. Even though my team prepares various informational points about my guests so that I am prepared, I still have to watch those videos, read those posts, and understand who mm-hmm. it is that I'm about to interview and what it is that we're going to talk about because my team cannot cannot tell me exactly what it is that I'm going to talk about. Like mm-hmm. I have to like feel you sort of way. Mm-hmm. Right before before I get on, so I know who I'm talking yeah. to. I know what interests you. I know the fact that you had a baby a little over a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> like so, you are a mom, and you work with your husband, and you started this from then, and you're mm-hmm. working here, and you're licensed in two states. All of those things they take preparation, right? Yeah. So so, and I have a team that takes over as soon as raw footage is ready. So I do okay. not do any editing. I have no idea how much time they're spending on this. Yeah, clueless. Probably a hell of a lot more time than I do. Yeah, Probably. definitely, right? So, definitely. by the way, every podcast episode gets recorded on video and it convert it gets converted into audio, and then there is a blog post that's written about it based on the talking points that we discuss, and we create mm-hmm. still shots with with your um, with your quotes, with my quotes, and like so many different things. So, I assume it's like a few hours for right. every podcast episode, right? So, mm-hmm. it is a team's effort. So. Here's what I'm getting at. I think that if you are watching this, if you're listening to this, if you're reading this and you're thinking, should I? I think first thing that you have to do is commit, right? Mm-hmm. You either commit to doing it or you commit to not doing it. Mm-hmm. You can't be somewhere in between because if you're somewhere in between, you're probably going to learn at some point that this doesn't work, mm-hmm. right? You have to like really apply yourself. And you also have to decide whether this is a good framework for you. Because, and some people are just dry. Like, I've seen a lot of, like, really dry content on social. And usually those channels die mm-hmm. fast. Because if you're super dry, then maybe writing is the right media for you. Or getting interviewed is the right media for you. But being a content creator is, it requires that vibrancy, right? I watch your videos. Right? You have different formats in different places. And some of them are just entertaining. Some of them, there's that voiceover with like famous people talking about different things. Motivation, this, that. The mm-hmm. fact that sometimes things do not work. Right? But you have to bring all of that to the table or it's probably not going to work. Yeah. Would you agree? Well, uh, and I also think, you know, if you're sitting down trying to decide, number one is think about where do all your clients come from? Because maybe you're not consumer-based. If you're not consumer-based and you're, you know, you're doing corporate, this obviously social media may not be the way for you to go. Um, And also like when I said to, you know, pump out all that content, I was thinking more so it's more in the beginning to get yourself out there. I don't think it has to be something that you do for years and years on end where you have to post one video a day. I don't think that's sustainable. Um, But I do think if you want to try to get yourself out there and scale quickly, because that's what you said was the goal that would be what you should do. But not everybody wants to scale quickly. So if that, you know, if you're not looking to scale super, super quickly and you're, you're looking to kind of grow as what works for you, then you don't have to post every single day. You know, you can post whatever feels comfortable for you. And I think most important thing is to be consistent in whatever that means for you. And that, if that means, like you said, you do 14 short form videos a, a month and that's what you do every single month. That's consistency. So I think if you can do whatever, you know, for me, it's like, okay, I want to post three to five times a week. 
if I can. That's my goal. So you set a strategy and you just make sure you have to follow through with it, whatever that strategy is for you. And you have to kind of see what, what works for me. What's the best way? Am I good on camera? Am I, you know, do I have, you know, am I comfortable? And whether, even if you're not comfortable, it, you, you will get comfortable. It just takes a little bit of time to get out there, start filming and just get comfortable with getting uncomfortable. It takes time. You will probably be very uncomfortable at first. Super <laughs> uncomfortable. I've been creating right. content since 2010. We're recording this in 2023, and uh, I gotta tell you, the first couple of years have been incredibly uncomfortable. I That's actually do here. not like watching myself or listening to myself talk. I hate it. I <laughs> I always tell people I'm like they send me videos of me at my at conferences, and I it takes me like weeks to watch myself. I just I don't know what it is. I hate it. I hate listening to myself. I don't know if that's what you struggle with. You're probably like, no, I'm, I'm okay with it. Uh, no, I'm totally okay with watching my own videos. I usually just don't because of lack of time, but sometimes no. as like quality yeah. control, I'll mm -hmm. watch what the team puts out, mm. right? Just, and it's usually at random. I do not have a plan of like watching X percent of videos that we put out there. It's just like very random. And they're yeah. like, yeah, they captured the message really well. Like, why would they grab this piece? That sucks. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe I actually said those things. By the, right. by the way, a, a quote that I heard years ago that was so perfect on the subject is do not let perfection get in the way of publishing. I think that's really, really good. That's so true. And I think that's what holds a lot of people back because they're like, well, this is, this video isn't good. I have to keep trying to film this 10 more times until it's perfect. And then you're just wasting time. I'm one of those people. I've done that. When I first started, I've filmed one piece of content 30 times and I think I got like 10 views on it. What a waste of like three hours, you know? Yeah. And that was just in the beginning. Now I've gotten more comfortable. So I think it just takes time to, to make sure you can get to that point of being comfortable. Yeah, on, on the subject of comfort and perfectionism, which I think is attributed to a much larger degree to attorneys than it is to the general populace, because you guys are trained to make sure that all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. And that's why like, you have to make sure that the message is perfect. But the reality is that the consumers of your content will never know whether that content on a scale of one to 10 is a perfect 10 or a six, right. nor do they care. It's true. Yeah. Like you're subject matter experts in law. I know you're not supposed to say experts, but you are right for us, like in layman's terms. And, and because you are a subject matter expert, whatever you talk about, chances are we didn't know it until 30 seconds ago when we watched it. And whether right. you said it just right or somewhat imperfectly, we will never be able to tell the difference. So I think that that, that phrase, never let perfection get in the way of publishing you have to commit so let's go through like the, the main things about being successful on social media first of all you have to commit and i kind of disagree with you there about the volume of content i think mm -hmm. that today unlike 2019 or 2019 early 2020 when you started today i think you have to pump out large volume of content very consistently and mm -hmm. not expect an roi on that content for a long period of time yeah like yeah. like it's gotten cluttered everywhere there is that social media today five years ago four years ago TikTok was not cluttered today all there is is like this few channels and all of those channels are super cluttered like super yeah. cluttered so you can be pumping out content for years not for years mm -hmm. for a year plus and not see any ROI on it would you agree on that or yeah I would agree but I think that if you because I think I think yes it's quantity is very important but I've also seen people put out quantity, like a lot, a lot of content, but it's quality is awful. So the, the worst, I mean, no matter what, even if you put stuff out there and the quality is awful, 
you're never going to see an ROI because it's just, it's spammy. People are just going to scroll through your stuff. If they see something that just has no value, no quality whatsoever, and you're just doing that every single day, I don't think that you're ever going to get anything. I don't think you're going to get a client. I'm sorry. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I just think that sometimes like when people are so set on, I have to get content out every day, it makes the content quality go down so significantly. So for like, for me, what I've noticed on, on Instagram and maybe not TikTok, the algorithm is changing so much. I can't keep up with all of this, but Instagram, I, I post a video here and there and they, the algorithm is pushing out all of my videos because I think I actually spend time. It's like something I really think about. I put a lot of work into it. It's not just here. I'm going to make this, I'm not even thinking about it and I'm just posting it just to post. So my point is like, I think yes, quality, Quantity is very, very important, like you said, because you're going to get lost in in the crowd if you don't pump out the, the content. But just be mindful of what am I actually putting out there? Is it providing value? Am I actually helping people or am I just being spammy? And sometimes people don't want to see a straight advertisement or a straight, you know, they don't want to see that, oh, you're this is my services, you know, things that they can find on your website. Like, let's let's make it more social media. How can you make it more tailored to a TikTok or a reel, say, you share a little bit of your story that says that ties in what you do, you know, instead of just saying, I'm a personal injury lawyer, these are the areas that I cover. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, it'll be a little bit more thoughtful about it. So the quality goes up. Totally get it. So quantity and consistency and quality of content and quality falls into like two categories or breaks down to two categories. One is value of the message. Mm-hmm. Another one is the entertainment value, if you can deliver it. And it's not for everyone, but if you can, I think that you get a significant boost in ROI on your effort. Mm-hmm. Because if you are funny, if you are entertaining, you don't have to be funny. You, if you are entertaining, there will be so many more eyeballs that Instagram, TikTok, Facebook are going to grant you mm-hmm. versus if you're just value, right? It's well, I totally agree with you. I think, yeah, entertainment is good, but not everybody's funny. I don't think I'm funny. So if you're not funny, other videos that I watched of yours that are pretty funny, actually. Okay. Well, thanks. I I just don't feel like I can like crack a joke or, you know, maybe if I follow a trend and then kind of make it into my own thing, I can make it funny, but I don't find myself super funny. But if you can't be funny, there's things that you could do, like be relatable show something that shares a struggle that you went through, how you overcame it. And then people will like be like, wow, I went through that same thing. And they'll want to, to follow more, more of your content. You can be relatable, share educational val- you know, content. Um, and then motivational. People always love motivational things. Those are like, you know, if you fall under those categories, I feel like it can help. It doesn't have to necessarily just be entertainment, in my opinion. That can sure. boost you. Also show some vulnerability. Like I watched a short video where you're, I think you're interviewing your husband and you're like seven, eight months pregnant. Yeah. And you just like put it out there. I'm like, cool. You know, it's like very, very vulnerable. Yeah. Right. So yeah, that, exactly. that was super cool. And there was and some was videos good. there. Okay. Thank like you. When, My when you talk about like, like you can't get business, like you're posting content on social media to get business and then you flop because they're coming to you from the state of Texas or New York and you're licensed in California and Wyoming, something along those lines. Oh and yeah. That was, a, that was a funny video. Well, I'm glad. It, yeah, see, I, I can kind of make him funny, but my husband is more of the like the funny, funny one. I'm more. I feel like I'm more of like I share like yeah, vulnerability, like my struggles, relatability. I feel like that's more of my strengths. 
there's not enough content with your husband on there. And like, I only watched a couple of videos there and he was not funny. So if he is the, fu if he is the funny one, you should put him more out there. Okay. I'm going to bring him on. He just joined full time as my partner. So we're going to start putting out content together in 2024. Congrats on that. I think that, that by joining forces, and I've seen that before in law firms, uh, you could definitely more than double the impact. Definitely. I mean, we've already seen it. It's only been since November and we're like, getting so many new cases and you know it's just it's been great are you guys focusing most of your marketing efforts on wyoming now in like surrounding areas like montana idaho etc or is it still primarily in california it's still primarily in california i think uh prime yeah our primary states california and then our secondary states are wyoming and then hopefully montana soon and then minnesota but oh, majority goodness. of our clients are california and that's where we're getting most of our clients right now, but we do definitely are getting some, some cases in Wyoming and we have a, a few big cases in Wyoming right now. So it's just, um, it's a matter of, I mean, Wyoming's fairly new. It's only a couple of years I've been barred there. So we're still getting our footing in there, but yeah. you know, yeah. Way less competitive market, like way, way, way less competitive market. If, I don't if even I see any billboards there. There are no attorney billboards. Yeah, it's, so. it's really, it's really interesting. It could be a hit or miss for smaller markets. So early in this podcast, uh, I started this a little over a year ago. I interviewed a guy who is a cowboy attorney from like Southern Louisiana. Oh. And, and, and he is like, we don't need to do billboards here. We're just look, I was born and raised here. Like, my great, great grandparents came here and they built a farm and everybody knows us in the community and we do a lot of community stuff. And he's like, we don't talk about the SEO. We don't need to talk much about social media. It's just like, mm -hmm. it's like, put your stake in the ground in the community with 50,000 residents. And all he does is PI. And he's like, I've been doing this for three years. I do have 280 cases, active oh, wow. cases. Wow. And he's like, yeah, because like remember that um, you might not remember there was an old show that I barely watched like in the 80s I think it was called Cheers right oh, yeah, about, I heard about the bar right yeah. and there's like a theme song where it goes like where everybody knows your name <laughs> it's like everybody knows my name right yeah. but you're you're breaking into a very new well to you to your husband he was born and raised in Wyoming right so so yes. people probably know him there more than they know you they do they do yeah and that's kind of like why we, we, I got barred there. He didn't want to sit down and take the bar exam. He was like, you do it. So I did it. So <laughs> he's not a Wyoming attorney, only I am. But um, so, you know, but we work together. So it works. When he gets the hits, it comes through the firm. Yeah, it's, it's super interesting. So I always like swimming in less competitive markets, if possible, because it's a lot easier to earn a market share or grab a market share than it is in a highly competitive market like California. So I think in time you'll convince him to pass the bar in Wyoming and you talked about Minnesota and you talked about Idaho, was it? Uh, Montana. Montana, sorry, next door, right? But so, maybe Idaho, we'll look into Idaho too. Yeah, I think like if you, do, if you do Wyoming, then there is Montana and Idaho and none of those markets are very competitive. Yeah, I don't think right? so. Those three, yeah. those three states are just not, I think Montana has like a million in the population. Wyoming right. has something around like 1.5 million. Yeah. Idaho is like so so in personal injury there are definitely cases to be gotten and mm -hmm. I've talked to attorneys in like those smaller markets and to them social media is still kind of like a yeah <laughs> why so so it's interesting so if social media is it for you then you could definitely have a um, 
you can grab a market share with with that percentage of population that's actually into social media there. Right. Right. Probably yeah. probably sizable and growing every day. Yeah, it, definitely. Yeah. Natalia, this was a great interview. Let me ask you this. If anybody yeah. wants listening to this, watching this, wants to check out your social media and see how you execute it on the things that you have just talked about, how do they find you? So on Instagram and TikTok, my name is at uh, Tally, T-A-L-Y-G-O-O-D-Y-E-S-Q. That's my handles. Mm -hmm. And I also have a firm account on Instagram, which is at Goody Law Group. And that is also my YouTube. So but you can also reach me uh, if you want to ask any questions. You can send me an email as well. Um, tally at goodylawgroup.com. Awesome. Tally, yeah. Thanks for sharing all the insights. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.